You're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Mind-expanding, heart-opening, talking music to raise your vibration. Some people consider it the shifting of the ages. Others see it as a whole new paradigm for humanity. But whatever you want to call it, it's hard to deny that we are in a moment of immense change. A moment challenging us to wake up and live life more consciously. This is Eric Rankin. And I'm Michelle Anderson. And you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. Where the conversation is always about raising the vibration of love, compassion, happiness, forgiveness, stewardship, health, and peace. Thank you for joining the conversation. This is Deepak Chopra. Hi, I'm Marianne Williamson. Hi, this is Greg Braden. And you are listening to Awakening Code. Awakening Code. Awakening Code Radio.
you gonna do about it when the world comes undone? My voice feels tiny, and I'm sure so does yours. Put us all together, make a mighty roar. Roar. I am resilient. I trust the movement. I negate the chaos. Lift the negative. I'll show up at the table again and again and again. I'll close my mouth and learn to listen. This is Akili Beckwith from the Agape International Spiritual Center, and you are listening to the Awakening Code Radio. Hey, everybody! Well, thank you for tuning into Awakening Code Radio. Maybe you've heard that our station has been shut down because of the coronavirus, and that is true. So, Michelle and I, hey, Michelle. Hey, Eric. You better give me credit here. (laughs) I am giving you all the credit. Michelle said, I think we need to do a show, and we actually heard uh, from many of our listeners hoping that we were going to do a show uh, during this phenomenon, and it really is a phenomenon. The world is going through something in a in a way that I don't know the world has gone through before. You know, countries have had their isolated instances, you know, and, and if you don't live in that country, it's like, oh, that's way over there. We're talking about something that everybody in the world is feeling. I think we have to remember that there have been times where we've gone through things like this, but maybe not in our lifetime. Not depression. Well, the depression was not global. I mean, World War II, even World War II, I don't think was... There was plenty of parts of the world that weren't necessarily involved in it. This, everybody is thinking, what do I do? You know, it's it's more like when we landed on the moon and the world kind of stopped and everybody was watching the same thing. And there's more people on the world now, in the world now. Yeah, we've got over 7 billion people. So whatever way we look at it, it is something. And it is um, scaring a lot of people as makes total sense that it would. We're talking about disease, viral infections, you know, safety. And then we're in the last week, things have changed day by day. We were still thinking of doing the um, the Galactic Goddess Festival on April 4th, just five days ago. You know, Laguna had, you could have gatherings less than 200 people. Then it was less than 20. And now they're saying don't have social gatherings if you don't need to, you know, just with your family. And one of the things I wanted to make sure our listeners know is that if you tuned into the last two shows that we did, we had actually pre-recorded those. So as things were happening, that that's the weird thing about this is as things happen, everything changes moment by moment. And so I want to make sure people knew that we were still being sensitive in the right time frame because it appeared through our last two broadcasts, maybe that we weren't, but we want to make sure our listeners know that we are. We want to be sensitive to what's happening in the world right now. And when we heard that our station was going to be shut down, we already had one show in the can that we aired last week. And and then when when everything kind of shut down here in California, Eric said, "Well, maybe we could play an old show." And one of the things that I heard and got a lot of feedback 
about was that now is the time where our listeners need to feel a sense of safety and comfort and feel the calm that I think that both Eric and I emit during times of crisis, during this time of crisis. Eric, you are very level-headed and I, I love your optimism and the way that you language things. And I think as people are feeling into all the information coming at us from so many different sources and, and fragmenting us, um, it does. It, it, it taxes our central nervous system. And so we're hoping that we could be a calm in the storm through this broadcast. Right? And Eric, you had some great ideas. Well, the first great idea was to even do this show because I do think it's important. We talk about connection. We want to stay in this flow of conversation. We're not, we've always said, we're not running from any issues on our radio show. We're keeping our eyes on the prize of where we feel we're going as a species of being more unified, more compassionate, more loving, considerate, kind, forgiving. It's a process, but in that process, some things come up, um, and we're not going to pretend that it's you know always always just roses and unicorns and and glitter. It is not, and this is really knocking us down. Uh, one thing that I think, and this is true for me, is we on if you want to say you're walking a spiritual path, what you're really doing is equipping yourself with tools to use someday. It's almost like you have this big tool belt that doesn't have anything on it, and you're walking on your journey and on your way, either through events that happen to you or people that you've met, things that you've learned. Each of those can kind of be visualized as a tool of some sort to get you through a touchy moment. And maybe you didn't need to use it even in that moment, but you got that tool then. You have acquired these tools on your spiritual path, on your awakening, to handle things like this. That's exactly why we're even on a path of awakening or raising our consciousness, is to equip ourselves. Instead of armor or weapon, we're arming ourselves with all these valuable tools, these mindsets, these this reality that we know we have choices, what our focus is on, our love, our our caregiving, our stewardship, our service. We that's what we're being asked to draw out of our tool belt in the moment. And it is not to panic. It is not to push the panic buttons, to run around like chickens with our heads cut off, to blame others, to be paralyzed in a state of fear. None of that will help us through any part of this process. So Michelle and I are going to just talk ourselves out of it. We haven't scripted this show. We just know what we're living through on our own with our own families um, I've had to go visit my parents. My parents are completely shut in. We've both talked about our elderly parents recently. My parents are watching the news 24-7 and not going out of the house. And so I'm making like little care package deliveries almost daily. They feel very comfortable that they can give me a list. And they just learned how to use FaceTime, which may or may not be a good thing. They love it. And they now they want to FaceTime me all the time. And they just think it's so novel. What are some of the things you've had to do adapt to right away? Well, it's funny that you bring up the parents. Um, 
I find it fascinating that I see myself reflecting on the fact that this would have been much harder in my personal sphere of awareness and circle had my stepfather lived. And since he passed on the 1st of January, now I don't have that as one of my concerns. And my mother, we were able to get my mother into an assisted living home in July. So I've been telling my mom, you can just ride this out, mom. Your meals are are being taken care of and you you have safety. But what I am noticing is the fear factor from watching the news and her feeling like she needs money and gas in her car. Well, they're on complete lockdown where she's at. I can't even go visit her. And she doesn't have a cell phone. So we don't have FaceTime, but we do have the telephone and that's good. Um, that's my personal, as far as the elder parents things. I, I have a daughter who who lives um up near San Francisco. And so I'm touching base with our loved ones, I think is so important. Many people, I want to be sensitive to the fact that there are other people that didn't have those situations happen in their, in their, their world, you know, elderly people that are still living alone. Those are the people I think we really need to have compassion for. And I'm see, I'm so inspired by watching the neighborhoods make care packages and see if, if anybody that's elderly, that's home alone needs help. That's, that's what I'm being inspired by, by seeing how many people are actually coming together to care for others and say, I have an avocado. Do you have a lemon? These kinds of things. I feel like that's where most of us are, are returning to, um, to, to say that, it hasn't affected our nervous system would be a lie when when we do feel into how much love and compassion we have for others and where that fear does come from. And, and that is the thing that I think so many people want to talk about right now is how do we have love trump fear, conquer fear, or even just embrace the fear. But I think now is the time where really watching where our thoughts are going and what we're focusing on is important. This is a a great time for us to do self-reflection and start meditation or prayer practices. And you there's thank, thank God we have the internet that we can, we can watch on YouTube. We can, my husband this morning did his exercise routine, orange theory, put out an exercise program and he was able to do that at home. Um, there's things that we can do gardening and games and giving each other massages and going and getting sun on ourselves, but also going within and really looking at the places within us that are asking us to take a look at. And this is that slow down process that you're talking about, Eric. I, I'm, but I also want to give people some, some thoughts about what you can do, how much time we're spending on our on our devices. You know, I think this is really asking us to find a balance during all of us, but f- fear is another virus and we have to address that. Yeah, for sure. And um I have watched it. There have been some really unexpectedly awesome things to witness because California here anyway has been sort of shut down. Orange County, Southern California, LA, where they're just saying, uh, unless it's essential work, work in a hospital, work at a grocery store, something like that, you're 
probably not going to work. And so we have both parents at home. We have shut down all the schools, and that could be at least through all of April. And if it goes that long, there's not much of a school year left. So we're already hearing rumors that they might just wash out the second half of the school year. But what it is forced in a way that no other event that I, I can remember in my lifetime, it has forced the families to be with each other. You know, the mom and dad are home and the kids are all home. And no one, I would hope, is going to be on their devices all that time. Sure. I mean, that's a nice thing to have that we have these entertainment devices and learning tools. But what we're seeing, if you go out and walk, um, whether it's Back Bay Trails or whatever, you're seeing families gathered together. We're sharing a microphone here. We're passing it back and forth. So this is how this is how we're rolling with it. Uh, last night we did go on a hike and we went into, we went into, um, a, a park and there was a homeless man there talking to the park ranger and, and he said, and he, I waved to him every day. I talked to him when I take my hikes and he said, I have never seen this many families walking together since the sixties. And I was noticing it too, kids on their, on their razors and, and, just really trying to make the best of what's a what's a uncomfortable and and potentially scary time. So this is a this is a great thing. I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm going to give you back the mic, and then we're going to talk about some other things, right? We've got plenty to talk about. I mean, we're just going to talk as long. We don't have to fill our two-hour uh, timeline necessarily, but we did feel it was really important to just keep. Because our, our message, our whole show exists of when the wheels are falling off, do we, can we remain calm? Can we keep our sights on where we're headed? And if we're not living that ourselves, I mean, I guess we wouldn't be very good examples. So it was, it was Michelle who said, I think we really need to do a show. And she had heard from so many people that, you know, I guess we could sort of unpack this thing little by little because it's exponential is what's happened. Oh, I guess before I wanted to say that I used to talk to uh, kids. I was an invited speaker. My son was in elementary school. I think it was fifth grade. And I just went in and talked about something. Maybe it was just dolphins. They were studying biology and dolphins and they had known that I had written a book about that. So the teacher invited me in and I got like a half an hour of with this in front of this class to talk about. And they were really engaged and interesting. And she goes, you ever want to come back and talk about anything, you are welcome. So it turned into not just her class, but other classes. I was just this guy that could go in and talk about some science a little bit or issues. But there was a couple of, there was a tsunami scare back whenever that was, when Ryan was in fifth grade, so maybe 20 years ago or so. And the kids were really nervous. They were just being introduced to the idea of, can that affect us? So you got to imagine kids are really, really, they're tapping into what their parents are tapping into. They're watching the same news. They have way more questions, I think, than we have and are very concerned. So parents or, you know, just people that have children in your in your life that you can talk to, if you are an agent of calm and compassion and help and service, that you can talk to a child and just say, you know, things like this have happened in the past. It's not totally unheard of. 
these kinds of things were way worse if you go back into like the Black Plague days in the 1500s or so or earlier, 1100s, 1200s, whatever that was. I mean, where one in three people died, not just got the disease. Um, so things like this have happened and it's not going to be anywhere near that severe. And we're just taking all these precautions that we are, all these lockdown protocols to be on the safe side and why they're not in school. And from what I've seen, I think the kids have been very adaptive, but we're all going to need to be very adaptive. In these coming days, weeks, months, I really think we're going to be looking at something different on the backside of this. And I think as a global culture, we have reached a big fork in the road. And we can be on the trajectory of, oh my gosh, I got to bunker down with my stuff and protect it. And it's all about me and my family, which we should be concerned for our families. Or we're on the trajectory of this is really focusing our attention on one, what matters to how little we really need. I mean, why, why people are buying toilet paper and just staple food is we know what we can get by on. I mean, it's not much. I think we're, I don't know what retail and industry looks like on the backside of this, but if people are of the mind of just a little less pressure, societal pressure to have the stuff um, and that outward presentation is so important, I think we have events like this and all of a sudden you start seeing the world as a much more level playing field. I can feel it. Laguna has a big homeless population. I can feel people's concern in a different way for the homeless people they're walking by like we're all in this together and they're a little more generous and they're a little more kind and i'm seeing glimpses of and and we talked to someone today i guess it was colleen our amazing admin colleen before we came in here and recorded and we said you know there's a big potential here and think of 9 11 or maybe she brought that up, that, that we got jolted. The world got jolted into this place where our humanity came back for a bit, and we were truly concerned about each other. And I think this is has the potential for doing way more than that, of being in service, of caring, of not worrying about outward presentation, the acquisition of material stuff. It's going to be a process, the we're talking about moving in the first few weeks of this, but I think we could be living in this situation for a few more weeks. And then it's the after that. What does our world look like? How are we conducting ourselves? So it's all very fascinating. We're still going to play a few uh, songs for you. And, you know, we try and do thematic stuff. So Michelle, did, did you even guess that this would be my first choice? Which one? <laughs> I sang it to you. It's the end of the world as we know it. So this is REM. Uh, I just had to play it. I didn't know. It's like, is this insensitive? But you know what the message is? It's the end of the world as we know it. And I'm going to be fine or I feel fine. That's truly it. It is the end of the world as we know it and should be. We are being asked to reboot this whole global computer, build it on caring for each other, being good stewards to the earth, to the animals, to the environment, to each other. So here we go. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Awakening Code Radio. That's great. It starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes and airplane. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. I have a hurricane. Listen to yourself. Churn world says its own needs. Dummy serve your own needs. Speed it up and not speak. 
slash and burn, return. Listen to yourself, churn. Locking in, uniform and book, burning blood, men in every motive, escalate. Automotive, incinerate. Light a candle, light a motor, step down, step down. Watching heel crush, crush, uh oh. This means no fear. Cavalier, renegade, steer clear. Turn them in, a turn them in, a turn them in, a flies. Offer me solutions, offer me alternatives, and I decline. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world. This is filmmaker Greg McGillivray, and you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. All right. So we're back. Uh, that is such a fun song, and, you know, it can be more apropos. So we're going to play a few songs that we think fit the theme of what we're going through. Um, the first thing that I noticed about the coronavirus was everybody felt like they had to nail down the source. If it was happening first in China, it's like the hair trigger response is, argh. Those guys, you know, it immediately triggers what were they doing? Intentional chemical, biochemical warfare might be, could have been. I've heard lots of different people talk about this. A lot of people in the channel or in the spirit community that pretty much across the board, they're like, yes, humans engineered this, but it wasn't supposed to happen. What is happening right now was not supposed to happen. And, you know, Sting sings the song, I never saw any technology and go from also be a blessing and a curse. We, we can do this. As soon as we start monkeying around with genetics, events like this can be a byproduct of it. 
So I don't think this was something intentionally unleashed on the world, but we are living with it and trying to minimize its effect. But we know we've our society's gotten to a technological state of advancement where we can manipulate genes. We can see things through just through a dumb old magnifying glass that our ancestors 200 years ago, 300 years ago could not even see that. Forget microscopes and all the ways we can see into the human body, MRIs and magnetic resonance and sound therapy and ultrasound scans. We know so much and we're capable of doing so much. I mean, with our cloning abilities and our understanding of DNA. So stuff like this is going to happen. And we have been, I think, and and just natural, quote unquote, disasters. I have not used the word natural disasters in a long time. Earthquakes. I lived through a really big earthquake in San Fernando in 1971. Almost split our house in two. Our neighbor's house was split in two. Our house was salvageable. Um, but you think you go back a few thousand years, uh, an earthquake was just things moved around. It maybe had a teepee and it fell over and then you stood it back up. It's only a disaster because of how we live, our density, our building design, our road work network. That's what makes it a disaster. The earth is a living, breathing thing that needs to release tension, that has, has always had hurricanes. It's self-regulating systems. So I don't necessarily call those disasters. This is interesting because it's something we made ourselves. We are reacting to a thing that we made. I don't know that any other animal, any other species could say that throughout any kind of history of this planet. We are so unique that the disaster that we are dealing with is one that we made. And the first thing, if that's going to be true, I think we have to wrap our minds around is, yes, we are a species that can do that. And yes, if we are afraid of each other, we are going to continue doing things like this, coming up with more advanced weaponry and things like that. So what I think the earth and the universe is asking of us is stop being less afraid of each other. That's it's your unity consciousness that is going to get you through, not only through events like this, it's going to prevent events like this. As our technology advances behind a more, uh, a consciousness of divide and conquer and conquest and destroy, that's not a good combination. We've talked about that on this show a lot. So I really think the thing that is happening in the biggest field, the big, big realm, is to look at how we do everything and understand that it is fear and mistrust of others that has kind of put us in this place to begin with. So can we alter our behavior and perception around that? We absolutely can. I live my life not in fear and trusting virtually everyone until someone gives me an example or reason not to. And in my field, that rarely happens. I can walk around and I find helpful people and kind people and considerate people, happy people. Those are the people that really genuinely, I'm not talking this up, that come into my field. But I think that is a resonance that's a physics principle. And we talk about this. We resonate with that. If we can resonate our whole species up a few notches where we let it be known that we are caregivers, that we are concerned about the welfare of each other, that we want to be motivated by love, that's going to change the entire paradigm. And this event, I think, is showing us a paradigm shift is underway, just like we talk about. I like your perspective, Eric, that that makes so much sense. And 
I have had many conversations in the last few days. I was on the phone with Larissa Stowe the other day, and I didn't even know that she had recorded the video that we are going to, I think we're going to pull the sound off of her video that she recorded because she said so many great things in it. And her and I were just kind of debriefing with each other about what we were feeling and what we were seeing. And one of the things that we did talk about, and in many of my circles that we've talked about, is our fear of death. And we, we've, we've talked about when there was the plague, when the plague hit the earth and there wasn't mass media and all of that, but there is a natural cycle that happens where people do die. And we're not trying to minimize if, if anybody's experienced the loss of anyone. Of course, we feel your grief and our hearts go out to anybody that's experiencing that right now. I think um, we want to be realistic about what are our views on death. And when we do go in inward and get okay and get right with ourselves and get right with source and realize nobody, no matter what happens in any of this, no one can take away our connection to source. And this is the time to strengthen that connection with source. I think Larissa even spoke about that in her in her talk where she was telling people that she has a practice this is the time to pray more meditate more but also realize that the collective consciousness is being impacted by our thoughts and if we can unify with each other with the intent of where we want to see this go what we want to see happen on, on on the earth and with each other, with humanity, with business and and the economy, we can come together in prayer. And Larissa does talk about she has an 1111 meditation every day that she has a group, I think it's called the 1111 heart meditation. You can find that on Facebook and meditate together where you're in your home, I'm in my home, and we're doing it together. And we're adding to the collective. We're actually helping to calm the collective. We can visualize healing going to those that need healing or whatever our intentions are, add those to to the collective. I also really believe in Bruce Lipton's work right now. I think it would serve many of us to really revisit what Bruce Lipton teaches, the biology of belief, and where our beliefs are, where we're allowing our thoughts to go, how we're using our words, you know, what we're telling our body we want it to do, to to be full of vitality and health and strength and really focus our our energy on beautifying the cells in our body so that it our bodies are actually doing naturally what they were designed to do. I'd like to I'd like to acknowledge that Elizabeth April, who's been a past guest on the show, she's got some she's really going off on her YouTube channel and her Facebook channels. A lot of people are sending around information all over the internet. I'm getting lots of different shares on that. One of our listeners, do you know who Carly T. Way on Instagram, 
She's the listener that calls us her cosmic parents. She, I noticed the other day on Instagram, she did a watch party and she did all of her beautiful crystal singing bowls. So these are the ways that we can reach out and not feel alone by using our devices in a healthy way. Um, as far as the fear mongering and who the blaming and where this came from and why it's here and all that stuff, I think it serves us to put our mind on things that put us in a place of calm while we go through this. I highly encourage people to look at the Unify meditations. I, a friend of mine is getting ready to launch something called QuarantineAid.com where he wants to bring together practitioners and sound healers and artists to, to come together at one local hub where you have a daily meditation with each other, a daily practice with each other. And it will be a 24-hour live stream, it sounds like, based on what I've heard. So these are things that I think are areas where we could focus our attention and keep us on the path of positivity and upliftment. And that always brings a sense of calm to me when I think about being here now. There are certain things that I can't change that are going on in the world, but I'm constantly asking myself, what can I do to calm my waters within my body? And how can I bring that to other people through conversations or, or through pod, other people's podcasts? Um, I do have a list. Eric, you don't even probably know about this now. But before we went on air, I asked Colleen, I said, we haven't been doing shout outs because we had we had uh, pre-recorded some of our shows. So we want to give shout outs to new members of our Awakening Code Radio fan tribe. Madeline Torres, Scott Wagner, Michelle Chouinard, Susan Bernston, Burned, I think it's Bernsen, Kay Bowman, Michael Hellander, and Stephanie Unload. She's been a past Awakening Code Radio guest. Stephanie on Lodge. I said Lodge, Lodge, Lodge. Stephanie Ann is an angel practitioner and, and I love the work that she brings to the world. We also have some new Instagram followers. You don't even know this one. Star Shields is following us on Instagram now. He, he was uh, one of our guests. I think our first guest, January of 2019, he was on. He's an amazing friend. And Dr. Erica Middlemiss from the Positive Positive Head podcast. She's one of my really good friends and somebody who I tune in with at least once a week. She's got some great information on her podcast. And artist Gabriella Pomplova from GP Yoga. There's also Project Resonance at Resonant Earth. Restoring Earth's Harmonic Resonance Through Daily Meditations. Thank you for following us on Instagram. We, we really appreciate that you're tuning in with us and we support you. Again, our listeners, our regular listeners know conscious collaboration without competition, in my opinion, is the way through. What else do you have to say about that, Eric? <laughs> well, I agree, of course. And you mentioned Bruce Lipton. He calls himself an epigenetic biologist and really knows what he's talking about. And he is so intrigued, if you listen to lectures uh, by him, he's so intrigued by our body's ability to heal itself 
um, and he talks about the placebo effect, which many of us have heard about when we're given a sugar pill or it could be anything or just told by a doctor, you know what, I did a full scan on you and you are getting better. Our body hears that, our mind hears that, work together and we feel better. Well, there's a thing called the nocebo effect, which is the 180 degree opposite of that, that if we can make ourselves better with our thoughts, that we can make ourselves physically sick with our thoughts as well. And that's why we want to be focused on staying in this place of calm. It's not just whitewashing and say, oh, nothing's wrong. It's because we will be better prepared ourselves to be of service, to just be on the path of healing. Worrying is going to cause us this nocebo effect. We're listening to all kinds of random news reports and all kinds of random things on Facebook pages. And everybody's an expert and heard some sort of wacky cure or some idea about this. You get pulled out of your own calm management system, your own health system. That's the nocebo effect because then you would just become more vulnerable. So you want to do this for a reason. You want to meditate, bring yourself within, think of all the blessings that you have in this scenario. None of us know how this is going to play out. So over projecting and worrying about it is not going to do anything good and build on the positivity, not whitewashing, not saying, don't look at the bad stuff. That's virtually impossible. I think now for anybody to, to not be a little shaken, but we can do our part. We can pull from those tool belts And it's not just making our mind and spirit better. Actually, our physical body is going to be more resistant as well. So speaking of Larissa Stowe, why don't we go ahead and play? I think this was her first one um, of these meditations in regard to the coronavirus. I listened to it. I think it's about 15 minutes long. It was just so good. She's such a great communicator through song, and she's been kind of pulling herself out a little bit to just talk one-on-one or in front of a, a camera and do a podcast like that. So let's hear from our good friend, Larissa Stowe. She's been on our show at least once a year for every one of the seven and a half years we've we've been doing this. And we'll be right back and we'll talk a little bit about our feelings on what she had to say. Hi, beloveds. This is Larissa Stowe, um, if you don't know who I am. And I felt very compelled. And I have to say this, for me, I'm. it's much easier for me to be in front of our Shakti tribe people than it is to be in front of this because I can't see your eyes and see your faces, but I feel, I have felt very compelled to share this with you, what came up for me in a meditation on um, March 12th. So just to give you a little bit of a background, on March 12th, um, after we put our kiddo to bed that night, I came back into bed and, and Doug was still, my husband was still with our kiddo, and I began to meditate. And in my meditation, um, I realized that I could really dive into focusing on the highest um, potential reality for this coronavirus. And what led me to do that is because during my own illness last year that I had where I came really close to being not on this planet, not in this body, um, I had this strong message from spirit to essentially that I have the power within myself to command 
if I want to be in this body to command my own healing and my own wellness. And in order to do that, to believe that with every fiber, every cell of my body, like to know it as truth. So I found that when I was ill, that one night when I did that, it made all the difference in the world. And I woke up the next day feeling incredibly different. So I thought if it worked with my own body, even though I'm just one person in this collective consciousness, I felt like it could make a, a big difference because how interconnected we all are. If I focused my own thoughts on the highest possibility of what could bring the coronavirus into a much more calm um, spreading than it has been. So I focused on the physical and I began to see, instead of thinking of it as exploding like it has been doing, seeing the virus starting to become smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and not affecting as many people. And as I was meditating on that, I received a message from Spirit and Spirit asked me, are you sure that this is the highest? And that was really shocking for me. Am I sure that it's the highest? To see the virus like dissipating and becoming less and less intense, you know, for the world. And again, Spirit was like, are you sure? Are you sure that is the highest for what is meant to happen right now? And I began to question myself and I, I allowed myself to receive the information that was coming from spirit because this was definitely not my idea <laughs> at all. It was definitely, it's that moment when you're, you know that you're receiving and I get these downloads and how I know that they're coming from more from source and from spirit is because they shock me. They kind of come in a little bit sideways with me and you know, throw me out of my way of thinking. And so I opened as wide as I could um, to feel this, this download and this information to come in. And what I was shown blew me away, which is spirit began to show me that humanity being caught up in distraction, caught up in the mundane, caught up in, in the materialism, caught up in, um, cell phones, <laughs> caught up in cell phones, Vinja's here helping me, caught up in cell phones, caught up in Facebook, you know, we, we are so caught up on the outside of ourselves rather than spending a lot of times going in and looking at what truly matters to us. Like what, what is the core of what matters to us all? So Spirit was showing me that humanity has been crying out for help and for the help of our consciousness to wake up and to shift out of this obsession and this addiction um, to materialism, to things on the outside of us to make ourselves feel better. So Spirit was in essence telling me that that as we called out as a collective, the coronavirus actually is coming as an ally, is, is coming, and, and I know this is kind of sounds blasphemous because people are dying, obviously, and getting really sick, but for the whole of the collective is coming as a gift to wake us up, 
and to wake us up to what truly matters, which is connection, which is love, which is connection to spirit, connection to each other, um, connection to our families, our communities. And then spirit gave me uh, a really interesting way of looking at this. Spirit pointed to my own distractions and the way that I can get caught up like so easily, like way too easily in the world, in, you know, should I be on Facebook? Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, feeling like that I have to do it all. And that when I get in that state of consciousness, how I am fragmented and how I'm not connected to spirit. And when I'm in that state of consciousness, how it's really pretty impossible for me to hear spirit when I allow myself to be taken over in that way. However, when I sit down and I meditate, and a lot of you have been noticing that I've been posting a lot about 11-11 and meditating and praying at that time because I need to sit my butt down every day and make sure that I'm opening and connecting to spirit. I do it in the morning practice, but I before then when I wake up, but 11-11 feels really powerful because it feels like a time we can do this together. And when I meditate and when I pray, I find that that one pointed focus that starts to come within me when I start opening to love and when I start opening to source, which to me is just ultimately love, that's when the dots start connecting. That's when the aha moment comes when I get downloads when my consciousness has an up leveling so to speak of awareness it's in those moments so spirit showed me just as i have that so does the collective we have been so fragmented and so polarized and and so pulled into all these different places and and being pulled into to all these different modes of thinking we have to do it this way and go, 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 do, do, do. And even with politics and and feeling how we're right and other people are wrong, all of that creates a fragmentation of consciousness. And when we have a singular thought as a collective, it has the same power of up-leveling consciousness. And with the coronavirus, the very interesting part about the coronavirus is the fear that we have around it. If you look at it, we're afraid because we're afraid we're not going to make it, that we're not going to survive. And if we feel like that we're not going to survive underneath it, if you look underneath that fear, what you see is love because we are really wanting to be here. We're really connecting to how much we love life and how much we love being in form and being alive and being even more so than doing, just being. And we connect to how much we love our families and our friends, that that fear of losing family and friends underneath it is love because we love them so much. So if, if enough of us begin to have that realization that what this virus is pointing us towards underneath the fear is love. If enough of us have that, 
what begins to happen is a one-pointed thought. And you don't even need all of humanity to have that one-pointed thought. You just need to have a collective mass of us with that one-pointed thought, with a realization of what truly matters beyond all the distractions, beyond all the materialism, beyond all the doing and all the going, is that connection. You know, life itself, hearing the birds, you know, playing with our children, eating together, you know, just doing simple things. I know, I knew I was going to cry, <laughs> but all these simple things are just so important. And if we have that thought together, then in that moment of that awareness of the preciousness of life, there's an aha. And there's a connecting of the dots. And there's an up-leveling of consciousness. And that is beautiful. <laughs> so we can look at things from so many different points of view. You can look, you know, if you take like the symbolism of the diamond. And you look at that diamond. You know, depending upon how you pick it up and you look through it, you're going to see different things. If you're looking through the prisms of a diamond, you're going to see very, very different things. So we can see through the lens of fear, or we can see through the lens of love. So yes, there's many ways we could look at this. But I offer and I invite you, and I know a lot of you are already with me, so it's not so much like inviting you perhaps but maybe inviting your friends and your family and just people around you to to really look at the opportunity that's here for us all that this is an incredible time where we can focus our thoughts together on the highest and prayer and meditation is a powerful way to do this I know a lot of people say that prayer and meditation, you know, aren't going to fix what's happening in the world. And I beg to differ because prayer and meditation, when we sit in that space of connection with our breath and with our heart and our awareness, what that does is it uplevels our vibration. And when we uplevel our vibration, we are able to connect to so many other people like in the etheric that way your vibration of love has such a powerful impact on the world it's like the butterfly effect and in that space of consciousness it's infectious so talk about the coronavirus being infectious love is infectious higher vibration is infectious kindness is infectious it feels good it makes us happy so we have this power right now and especially since we're being called to this next level of staying in not going out in the world as much and from what I've heard there's a big probability that we all will be quarantined pretty soon here in the United States and we can all choose, we've seen some people posting upon about this, that we can choose to see this as an opportunity to go in and to read and to write and to meditate and to 
you know, play card games and <laughs> with our families to to reach out and to talk to each other via the phone like this, Facebook Live. Now we have this opportunity. We have, we'll, um, we'll have more opportunities to be able to share and connect with each other like this. So I invite you, um, my call to action today is I invite you to pray, to meditate with me and so many other people because 1111 is really a wave of consciousness that is happening right now. And a lot of us, even people like way beyond our community that will see this um, post today are meditating and praying at 1111. So I'm not always like dressed and everything at 1111, but it is my commitment <laughs> to, to actually start Facebook living at least during this time at 11:11 meditating together as a call of action to bring us into that higher vibrational frequency that does make all the difference in the world beyond what we can even imagine it's that 100th monkey thank you so much thank you so much this our community is like everything and I love you. Thank you. And I look forward to connecting in soon. Blessings. Goodbye. Well, thank you for listening to Awakening Code Radio. And Larissa is a beautiful emissary of love. She is so uplifting. I'm sure you you can feel what she's doing and how deeply she's feeling and how important it is that we come together to support each other, like she said. And feeling into all of the people. I like what she said, Eric, when she said that she was feeling into all of the people suffering. She's doing this practice with her meditation and and breathing in. What did she say? She was breathing in the suffering and inhaling the suffering and sadness and the fear of others, and then exhaling out love and compassion. And I love that she said that helps us to have more compassion for ourselves. I love that because to me, that shows someone not just brave, but gets how all this works. So you would think, breathe in the suffering. It's like, no way. I'm not breathing in this suffering and even more of this. That just says when you're able to do that, you're not afraid of it. And if and it does, if you acknowledge where we're at and the people around you are at, and I'm sure you've seen plenty of people, plenty scared, go ahead and breathe that in because hopefully what we're anchored in is universally true, that we live in a safe universe and everything is working out the way it's supposed to. Even the things that we want to judge as horrific things, these could all just be adjustments and balances, but nothing gets helped by our panic, fear, mistrust, hoarding. Those are the primal, basic aspects of what we are. So what Larissa is just you know, bravely inspiring us to do, go ahead and breathe in the fear. Let yourself feel that, but you're not going to hold it. You're going to let that go. And when you let it go, you're going to let go more of the fear that you breathed in it's going to have a little of yours that you were holding as well. When I do energy work with people, that's the thing I have just done is invited people to go ahead and acknowledge these dark, sticky places within their energy, these 
you know, globs of dark, sticky energy, go ahead and look at them. We're going to be in a new place. And, but you have to acknowledge those and then just imagine however you do, they lighten up, they lessen with each breath is a cleansing breath. And you breathe in this light, let it flow through you. We're not afraid. That is such the big message here is we really, I, I, it never made much sense to me. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. That actually didn't even make sense to me when I've heard it. I don't know if it was Roosevelt or who said that first, but now I kind of get it that it's just what the fear is like a bad seasoning that you could sprinkle on anything. You can look at almost anything. And even if it's a good thing, I just listened to a lecture by Matt Kahn, and he's got a lot of great um, stuff. And he's talked about the coronavirus. If you want to find him, he does uh, talks. He's been on our show, a great communicator and a calm presence in this. And he did a great talk about a month ago where people just go, the most weakening words to our system we could ever utter is, I hope this doesn't change, or I hope it does. Both are flip side of the same thing. So if we're just walking around like, even when something good is happening, you can sprinkle fear on something good. The family's all getting along right now. The car's running good. My mom is one to say, knock on wood, or oh, don't say that out loud because it just means you're going to jinx it. No, it doesn't. It means that you are in a place of noticing those things. And when you notice, you expand those things. So don't sprinkle fear on the good things going in your life. And there are many by saying, oh, I hope that doesn't change. I hope this at least stays the same. Those are projections. And it's in the projection that you may as well just call it worry. Either way, projecting that you hope it never changes or you hope that it does, both of these take you out of the moment and that's not where the power is the power is fully in this moment i'm totally chomping at the bit to get the microphone because what you're saying i know i already told you this eric but and on many of the phone calls i've been on i have been talking up frozen too the movie Frozen 2 was released three months early just so that we can actually have access to this movie while we're home. I, I also understand that they're releasing some of the movies that are in the movie theaters. Like, right, because we can't go like Onward. You can rent Onward, which I think is the male version of Frozen 2. But the two lines that really stood out to me in Frozen 2 is fear is what can't be trusted. And then at the very end of the movie, the, the line that says, love is the only thing that's permanent. And the, I don't want to be a deal breaker about Frozen 2 if you haven't seen it. But when the movie starts, it's all about change. And they're talking about what stays the same. And, you know, do you believe anything is permanent? And, and kind of in almost like a fear-based, uh, fear-based conversation about change. And... I this movie just has so it's so impactful. I've watched it now three times and I plan on watching it again because there's so many tidbits in it about, you know, finding our own power within and the fifth element, you know, the elements of earth, air, water, fire and 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 wind, but then going into the fifth element being in your um in in your spirit, your ether. So I, I just really wanted to steal the microphone to talk about Frozen 2. I literally have had conversations with so many of my friends 
encouraging them to watch that movie. And I'm getting back text messages, OMG, how did you know? And I, and I just know that it it's helping people, the message in that movie. And then the message in Onward, you haven't seen it yet, have you? And, and that's, you know, I think that we can calm ourselves by watching some of these movies, but really balancing our time between these things. Yeah, and we've, of course, we're talking about Pixar <laughs> movies, animated movies, because that's sort of our level. I can't really go and watch uh, violence as entertainment. Frozen 2, I totally think you could have rewritten that strictly for adults, almost with the exact same dialogue, but played it out as a live action movie, made it look hobbity or Lord of the Rings like, you know, this quest. The information that's in there, it's like a lot like Avatar. There's a lot of things in there that resonate with us if we're on what we want to call that expansion path of awakening you know it, we're all on it if we say we are you're on it to when wherever you're on it is fine it's a it's a never-ending path that you jump onto and just with your eyes open your heart open your emotions open all your fields open to learn from and celebrate but frozen 2 has so many messages i just watched it myself with uh jules and friend jules who's been on the show and if so many people identify with the character as like i feel like that's me in some degree because it's it's about sort of accepting your power I found I found an article written about it and it starts out Frozen 2 is a mythic portrait of feminine strength and vulnerability. That's the title of the article. And it does talk about it about it being a lot of things, colonialism and the silencing of of indigenous cultures, sisterhood and its powerful unknowable reach, the quest for personal identity or whatever Whatever cosmic cost, cosmetic cost. I, I don't have my glasses on. I'm trying to read it. Um, but it, this article really talks about what you can glean from this movie. So I know we don't usually promote so heavily about that, but it's heavily in my field. And I like to share what, what is helping me through these times. So I can encourage you to, to go out and see that. Now, I also have been, have you noticed on, on some of the Instagram and Facebook feeds, a lot of musicians whose tours have been canceled. Michael Fronte is doing his world tour from his bathroom with his wife and his son. Great. You know, day one of our world tour and we're in our shower because the acoustics are better here and he's singing and uplifting. And I see Nako has, has done one as well. So I, I just encourage people to reach out that way because we're, we're in it. You know, we're in it. We, we, while we're in it, I want every single one of our listeners to feel, really feel that we are in it together. We are with you and we are here for you. And that's why it was so important for me to, to record this show. And tomorrow things may change again. We're recording today is what? Saturday, the 21st we're recording and it'll, this will air on Tuesday, the 25th, I think. Um, and then be available for podcast uh, maybe within the day, a day after or right after that, because our amazing admin Colleen will be editing it for us now. So we wanted to give her enough time to get this edited and get it uploaded. 
But we we definitely want you, our listeners, our family to feel that we're in it with you. And if you need a little bit of extra something, please reach out. I, I'm available if you want to reach out to me through Messenger. I will I'm trying to get through my messages. I'm not always great at answering them right away, but I will try to reach out and be supportive of your journey as well. Yeah, and uh, for sure. I mean, we're I think we're all in a unique position that if we're not going to work, which many of us are not, I mean, I don't have to go to work a whole lot anyway, but even less, what does that mean? It means you have time to do something. You know, if we're not totally, totally isolating ourselves and there are probably useful, helpful things you can do for your community. I was so inspired by my son, Brian. He has checked in with elderly neighbors around him. Um, my dad told me that a girl from across the street uh, living there with her uncle or something like that, she came over, knocked on the door and young, like 25, and just said, if you need anything, go to the store. Here's my number. I mean, those are beautiful things. And, you know, we can we don't have to be hiding in with this mentality of this is my last can of beans and a gun and, you know, roll of toilet paper. That's not what's going to get us through this. It is not. We talk about this all the time, but now we're really getting to talk about it in earnest. It is actually happening all around us. All the things that we've talked about, we are being invited to actually drop into at this moment, to challenge ourselves of being of service, being part of the solution, of staying calm, of keeping our spirits high. There's no reason not to. The last thing, the the bridge that scares most people is death. I'm going to die. Yes, you are. Just if if there was some way that we could get through this where the thing that we are most scared of and that the, everybody tries to deflect from, oh, you're not dying. You're okay. You're too young. Don't worry about that. It's like, yes, no, it's around the corner for any of us, either accidental, you know, we're soft, squishy beings living on a planet that we've filled with hard machines around us. You know, we've developed weaponry. Accidents happen, we get diseases, you're going to die. If you can do things to be more in this moment of I'm not dead right now and just bring your awareness, your consciousness here, everything shifts. Everything shifts if you can get that last big primary fear to not just have this grip on you. And I don't know what that, I can't tell you what that path is other than to express it out loud. I don't want to be motivated by fear. And if it's death that's making me afraid, I'm going to look at it. And, you know, it's just, it's a natural phenomenon that every single human on this planet is going to experience, at least in their physical body. Get through that. Start celebrating life. Start celebrating all that this is, the trials, the tribulations, the joys, the ups, the downs, the waveform. It is not cliche to say ups and downs because if everything is frequency, literally frequency means moving in waves up and down. That's what life does. So let's all be adaptive. Let's take a few deep breaths, sigh into this, breathe into this with gratitude. Know that there are lots of amazing things that can be happening the, the potentials out of this are absolutely staggeringly um, incredible of where we might be two, three, four months, a year, five years from now, that this was the thing that turned our attention around and made us better people on this planet. 
Since we were uh, listening from Larissa Stowe, let's go ahead and play one of our favorite songs. I think it vibes with what we're going through. It's called What You're Gonna Do. And it's all about what you're gonna do with all that love. And that's what we wanna focus on. Thank you, Larissa Stowe and Shakti Tribe for this song. We'll be right back. There's more love than 
This is Deepak Chopra and you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. I haven't heard that song in a while and it's one of my, yeah, what you going to do with all that love? Just And she's so, in the end of it, you can just tell that she's, it's genuine. This as she's just like coming out and like, oh man, this just feels so good when you're aware of there's so much love around us, this network. And be a part of that network. You can do that. We can all do that. We can be a part of this network of caring and sharing and looking after our loved ones, our friends, the friends we don't know that we have. That's what we're being called to do right now. Being responsible, um, of course. And, you know, just every day that goes by and maybe new restrictions are put in place, don't be shocked. Don't be numbed. Just go, this is reality at the moment. We'll adhere to it. I think things are going to get better at the grocery stores. I think after that first pulse of panic buying and enough people have uh, you know, food on their shelves at home, they're not going to be just hoarding up everything. I think that's going to loosen up. And the world, activity-wise and buying-wise and partying-wise, celebrating-wise, is going to look different, but that's okay. It's the process that we're in. And in many ways, it needs to happen. Just think of the opportunity of what is coming through, this opportunity to get us to reassess, to stand back. I've been looking at this from a very outward perspective. My parents started, you know, because they watched the news 24-7 when it was still just in China and the streets were empty. It's like, that's going to happen here. You just watch. And I'm like, it might. They think I'm real cavalier about all this. And here we are. It is happening. They're self-imposed. You know, in their quarantine, just for safety's sake. They're both in the, the age where they, they should be. and But my perspective hasn't changed, and it's not that I'm dismissing of any of this, dismissive. It's, what am I going to do? I'm This is the time when I'm going to be the person I always said I was going to be and try to be all the time anyway. The external circumstances aren't going to dictate my outlook on life. So I'm I'm staying in that same position, and listener, you can too. This because the looks like externally the wheels are falling off. That only means it. It's only true if you say it's true for you personally, and it does not have to be. So I I hope you feel inspired by that. I hope you know and see the gestures of kindness playing out. The community. It's there's so many wonderful things happening, and I'm just grateful. I'm actually grateful. I am been allowed to kind of feel like I'm observing this from a distance. And in so doing, I can't totally hide the fact. Is it okay to talk about that? I think there's maybe bigger things possibly happening here. There's no substantiation of it. Maybe even as I speak that, you might feel that. I think there is something way deeper at play here. I've heard nuances of it through other spiritual channels, people that talk about things like this, that this is a big, big thing that's even off-planet big. It's almost like the battle in Star Wars of the the Force, the light side of the Force and the dark side, and who aligns with it. We are being asked to choose and see what is going on. And, you know, w- the last thing we want to see is our freedoms be taken away and whenever there's mass fear and panic, that is the perfect time that freedoms can be taken away. So I think we just need to be vigilant. I think we need to tap into our own intuition. 
sense of what feels right or not. There's stuff about this that doesn't feel totally right to me. Um, I had my own perceptions about it. And we'll just run with it. I'm not going to encourage anybody not to do the protocols, the stay insides, the social distancing. But um, we just shared a video. I happened to see a, a video that came out a few days ago that had tones as uh, part of it. And there were tones that I've actually circled around in my sonic geometry videos. And it's kind of like a off-planet message, something that we've done similar um, ourselves. And it's just like, this is this is something bigger than really you're capable of even fully understanding. Sort of a drama that humanity has been pulled into since humanity has been on this planet of the forces of creation and the people that are maybe engineering things from the background um, for us to find our sovereignty and our solidarity together and live through this and say, you know, sure, we're we're part of this. We all have devices. We're all hyper-connected. We can use that into our power, and we can stay in a sense of, like I said, solidarity, of connection, of communion with each other. Stay focused on what really matters, and we will get through this. Um, I think that there's a potential. This video I'm talking about had some frequencies related to it. Um, and you could find those. It, one of them was 6480. The other one was 72, a very low frequency and a very high. And they both had mythological and mathematical reasons uh, for their existence. 6480 happens to be a tone. I was so surprised when uh, a fan of my work suggested I revisit the 6480 tone and I played it and it's high and shrill, but I recognized it as a tone that was already ringing in my ears, like constantly. And it, and it's the frequency. And I'm like, well, and some people think, well, yeah, it's just tinnitus. Other people think, no, we're actually receiving a frequency and it is opening up a channel for us. So that kind of makes sense. And then 72, um, 72 is virtually listed in every major world religion. The number 72, there's 72 names of God and 72 virgins waiting for Islamic you know, martyrs. And 72 is in the Buddhist uh, tradition and in uh, Hindu traditions, it's it's amazing. So that somehow these two frequencies were the ones that were picked. It, it rings true on some levels for me. But I think there are organic ways through this. I think our bodies, keeping them as healthy as we can be, as hydrated as they can be. Have you? What have you been hearing? Like colloidal silver and vitamin C. I've heard. I don't know if these are. True things or not, but it sounds like it might not be a bad idea. Well, we did do our, our show with Troy Casey, the, the certified health nut, and he gave a lot of recommendations then. And that show, we didn't, pre, we didn't pre-record that. That was live, right? I, I, you know, the timing of this, there's like before each day everything changes. But I've heard a lot of really good things. Right now, I'm actually doing a juice fast. Um, I, this is the spring equinox and this is a great time to do a juice fast and do immunity boosters with turmeric and ginger. Um, there is a lot of information being shared widely now about the virus being killed by heat. So drinking hot water and gargling with salt water or water that has apple cider vinegar, um, Drink there. Uh, some of these protocols are to drink hot water every four hours or every few hours. Um, 
using a neti pot, people that use a neti pot with, with their, to clear out their sinuses with warm water. Um, of course, vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, echinacea, astralgus, um, eat, just eating, eating lemons and oranges, you know, that have those, those vitamins in them and even your B vitamins. I'm not a doctor. I'm sure Dr. Tracy Darling would have a lot to say about your immune system. But also, again, there are so many things we can do, drinking a lot of water, social distancing, the hand washing thing, everybody's taught. That is a primary thing that we should all be doing is hand washing. And, you know, the steering wheel in our car, the handrails in our in our staircases and things like that. So there's a lot of things that people can be doing. And I know that that information is being widely spread right now. So I don't feel like we're bringing you any new news when we talk about that. But it would be remiss of us not to at least mention that, you know, we we do encourage people to work on our immune systems and, and try to keep those up. When you're weary Feeling small When tears are in your eyes I will dry them I'm on your side Oh, when times get
I feel like we've touched on a lot of the topics that we have been feeling close to our hearts. And in this, we just want everyone to not feel alone. I think that is such a big key component of this is that we are all interconnected and interdependent and realizing that we are the race of humanity, and we can get through this together. This doesn't have to be the end of our species. This is just forcing us to go inside and really look at our stuff and have compassion for others. I feel like I'm repeating myself in some of this, but I I think our goal in doing this show today was to calm the waters and to help others feel that sense of connection and to feel that sense of inner peace and peace to know that we will get through this. Eric, you spoke earlier about, you know, people that are loading up on ammunition and guns. And I had a talk with somebody today about that, who was being quite honest with me and sharing that he had that same feeling that he was going to go get arms and stock up on all of his his goods. And during that conversation, I was able to say that I have a commitment to myself that I would never, ever, ever take another person's life. So even if somebody was looking at me with with a gun, I'm not afraid to die. So I wouldn't be trying to defend myself in that situation. Because I think it's so important that we honor all life. And there, there are two, there's two timelines here that we're looking at. We could go down that other one, the ugly one with the chaos and the fear and the hoarding and all that stuff. Or we can choose a different one and we can choose love over fear. And I don't think that's airy fairy to say during these times. I know a lot of times people would call me airy fairy because I'm always the the 
girl that talks about love all the time. But this is the time that we really are being tasked to focus more on where we place our love and where we place our attention and how we come together collectively. Dawning as one, one world tonight. 
This is Annalise Scott saying hello from the wilderness, and you're on your pathway to bliss, listening to Awakening Code Radio. I had somebody reach out to me last night that lives alone. He had been drinking wine. He was slurring his words a little bit, and he was so raw and vulnerable with me and telling me that he likes touch, and he likes connection, and he's feeling so fragile right now. And he said to me, your voice feels like a hug right now. And I said, well, I'm glad that I could offer that for you. I also feel that one of the things he was tapping into is my connection with source and that every one of us has the opportunity to strengthen our connection with source. Nobody can take that from us, like I said earlier. And that's one of my big focuses. But I have, in in all honesty, I have had some of my own triggers come up. You know, I notice in times of duress, we talk about addictions. Some people, you know, talk about their addiction to alcohol or drugs. But there are other subtler addictions that I think we could be well served to look into in the fabric of our own being, our soul's own journey, whether we're addicted to being seen on social media, whether we're addicted to our phones and hearing other people's problems instead of looking at our own, um, sugar addictions, food addictions, pornography addictions, all those kind of things kind of come through. Did I talk about that earlier? Do you remember? I've talked to so many people in the last few days, and those are those are some of the things that have come up in our conversations. Um, but I I do feel that the reason why we were so inspired to do this show is because we know that we have a beautiful family of listeners and you're used to hearing our voices and you're used to us talking about our, our stuff. You should see our makeshift studio right now. It's really cute. It's got, you know, a blanket over a window and a blanket behind us and raw wood and we're doing the best that we can But it did feel like, for me, this was our way to be in service and to give what is my gift that I give. I know that there's other gifts. Eric, you give so many gifts to your neighbors and your community. And I've been in... um, I've been asked by several people and people that don't even listen to our show, Eric, like, well, my brother sometimes listens to our show, but my brother and some of my friends said... Michelle, you you have to get out there and do the show. Larissa Stowe, when I talked with her, she said the same thing. She knows that I'm vulnerable sometimes being in front of the camera as well and doing Facebook Lives, and sometimes I get so nervous doing that. And she shared her vulnerability with me, but I encourage everyone to go look at her her Facebook page and do these 11-11 meditations with her each day um, because what else do we have to do? You know, rather than sit and worry, we we need to look at ways to be proactive. I do feel that I we don't have a lot that we can share in terms of leading people to where they can find support and help with finances. And I've heard a lot of conjecture about banks being more forgiving and, you know, car payments, house payments, this... This is a time where you can reach out to them and get in line now. Don't be so scared not to call them. But if you are having financial difficulties, this is the time to reach out to your bank, your, your, whoever the 
lien holder is on your car or your mortgage and let them know where you are in this process. And I, I think we will find this time it's going to be a little bit different than 2008. Don't you think, Eric? Yeah, no, this is, this is a different scenario. It's, it's such an odd blend of things. Of course, it's a, a viral infection, but it is having such a huge impact on our economy, global economy. It's just shaking all the foundations, manufacturing, finance, um, the stock market. I mean, it is rattling these institutions down to their foundational levels. So we need to be thinking of, you know, like the carpenter just standing at a at a base of a building project. How do we want this? How are we going to build this on the backside of it? You know, how strong is this going to be? And I am betting that we're going to think about a lot of the stuff we thought was important six months ago, the fancy stuff, the show-offy stuff, the abundance of stuff, um, maybe the social positioning. And now we're going to be looking at life in all of those ways differently. And it's going to be a lot more about togetherness, support, less stuff, the burden of less stuff. I think it's, I think we're going to feel the ripples of this global effect for many, many years. And I think there's a lot of wonderful things that can happen from it. So listener, we're with you. We're, we're here doing our best, just like everybody else. We want to invite you to breathe deep, to just stop and be calm. It doesn't have to be a meditation. You can just be stopped sitting in your car at a stoplight um, while you're eating breakfast. Just be more conscious. Bring yourself in. Breathe deeply. Remind yourself you can be reflective. You don't have to be reactionary. You can be of service. You probably have more time now to be of service in some ways than you had before. Drop into those feelings. This is a time for us to drop deep into our heart space, not to close it in fear and mistrust and worry. Those aren't going to serve anything. So we're going to leave, I think, you with a lot of um, music. I don't know. We had that, that little clip. I don't know if I think we need to, to even play that clip. I think I think we've kind of shared what we wanted to share. There are a lot of people on YouTube. We were going to share a couple of clips of people that are just doing like the concerts they were going to do. Uh, Christopher Amadeo. He lost all of his gigs, and he did one in his house with his drummer. People, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a really funny, since uh, Disneyland is closed, a couple did a thing of making Pirates of the Caribbean inside their house. Oh, my gosh. It is so clever and cheesy, but it is just... It, it's so spot on. You can find that, I'm sure, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean in a house or something. I'm sure Colleen will find it and post it on the page. But people are just finding that the social media is a way for us to kind of stay connected, to support each other. People are kind of coming out of their shells earlier than they would. Um, so many things, so many really good things are happening from this. And from a pandemic level, I really don't think we're going to be looking at numbers that were all that different than other um, virus scares, the H1N1 and the avian flu and SARS and Ebola. Those were all serious things as well. And, you know, we we die in mass numbers every day. We're birthed in mass numbers every day. And we there's an equilibrium there of sorts. 
And um, we do not need to be in fear of any of this. So we're going to sign off with you. I'm, I'm happy to have shared this moment with you. Hopefully we'll be back in the studio next week, but we don't know. We're going to be as adaptive as we can be. Thank you, Michelle, for the inspiration, the idea to do this. I do think it was the right thing. Love you. And we're here for each other. You know, we're all here for each other. Be that person. Everything that we talk about in on our show for the last seven years should be amplified now. If we're talking about being good people, being considerate, being forgiving, those should be in more abundance now, not in less in with the situations we're going through. So I'll leave you with that. And I love you, Eric. This has been really fun. We didn't even have to wear headphones or anything. So I'm so grateful that we were able to do this and big, big shout out to Colleen. Admin Colleen, thank you for staying calm and for carrying on and being the wizard behind the curtain, as Eric always says, so that she can produce this. And we're going to give a big thank you to Ryan Rankin, Eric's son, who gave us the space to be able to do this. So thank you, listeners. Know that we're with you and we hope to be back with you next week. And big hugs to all of you. And my time was running wild A million dead-end streets And every time I thought I got it made It seemed the taste was not so sweet So I turned myself to face me But I've never caught a glimpse How the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test
This is Admin Colleen, and you're listening to Awakening Code Radio. In your mind, you have capacities, you know, to telepath messages through the vast unknown. Please close your eyes and concentrate with every thought you think. Upon the recitation we're about to sing, calling occupants of interplanetary craft, calling occupants of interplanetary most extraordinary craft. Give us a sign, give us a sign that we 
And transmit thought energy far beyond the north You close your eyes, you concentrate Together that's the way To send the message we declare world contact day 